Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Last night, the Suns made 22 three-pointers as they came back and defeated the New Orleans Pelicans. Tonight... In Memphis, on a, the second night of a back-to-back, they go against a team that has, quite frankly, had our number over the past seven or eight years. The Grizzlies have won 21 out of the last 30 against the Phoenix Suns and beat us at most recently on January 18th. Now, granted, they were depleted. A lot of their guys were hurt or injured, and even a couple of them were getting some rest in, some rest that the Phoenix Suns just really don't utilize at this point yet in the season you know what i'm glad that they don't because it's about winning games not getting rest right now but as they did that the phoenix suns hit 24 three-pointers matthew cheers to the suns a dominating 128 to 97 a 31 point victory for phoenix hell yeah man hey john and jancers tcob Taking care of business, right? Is that your thing, John? I've heard yes, that before, sir. right? Yes, sir. No letdown tonight, man. Even if for the second unit's in there in the fourth quarter, they're taking care of business and they're making sure that every play, even on defense, even on the defensive end, is played hard to get this game over with. Whether it's a 40-point lead, 30-point lead, or a 50-point lead, it doesn't matter. They took care of business. So I am happy to see that. And what a what a great weekend. Friday night, Saturday night, tonight. Thanks for joining us again tonight, Jamsters. Yeah, great weekend for the Phoenix Suns another couple of victories you know and this is this is I guess what makes the Nets game so frustrating it's like have we just held on at that point yeah we but would then you be see what they do the next game though right the Nets kind of are just they're legit now you know? they're legit yeah. they're they're yeah. a good team so I'm not discrediting the Nets I'm just saying if the Suns had held on this would have been nine in a row tonight over the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, it, yeah. would, it would have sounded really nice. But you know what? We started another win streak. You know, we, we fumbled the game against the Nets. We started our next win streak. So we're now two in a row, Matthew. Yes. Feels good. Feels <laughs> always, very good, man. Always. So welcome to everybody who's joining the pod. Uh, make sure you follow it at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're listening on the Bright Side Network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. We're looking for those five-star reviews if you want to throw them our way. And if you're watching along live with us on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. We're trying to hit a 1,000 subscribers, and we're well on our way. So thank you, Jamster Faithfuls, for showing up consistently after Suns Games and joining us. Make sure you hit the thumbs-up button as well because uh, this is one of those nights where, you know, it was nice to relax. You could The whole fourth quarter, no Chris Paul, yeah. no Devin Booker. We got to watch the second team unit play an entire quarter, and it wasn't under the circumstances of, of us getting blown out. It was us blowing out the, the Memphis Grizzlies. So plenty of things to talk about on this pod. Matthew, you cheersing with me tonight? I am. Let's do what I did last night. Huh? A little Look at this Diet Coke. Little Either Diet I'm Coke. Is that giant or is that small? I know. You hold that up again. You look like Shaq with a. <laughs> yeah, I do. I am settled by Coke. So. Well, I am <laughs> drinking tonight from Four Peaks Brewery, their hazy IPA. It's got the AZ All on right. there. Let's get it a little up there. shine on there. Yeah, the shine never works because of the ring light. Like but That's you know right. what? Let's let's Make cheers this one. Oh, yeah. Pop it, Matthew. Oh, All right. everywhere. Woo. All right. Go, Suns, baby. On the second night of a back-to-back, Phoenix draws the Memphis Grizzlies, a Western Conference foe that has had our number as of late. 
and purely and utterly dominate this team. What a great mm-hmm. performance all around. The performance that they had last night in the fourth quarter clearly got on the plane, flew up to Memphis, landed, went over to FedEx Forum, and even though it was 32 degrees outside, the Suns remained hot inside. Yes, and it's important to win these games. I know I said if we split these two games, I'd be kind of happy, but no, I'm wrong because Memphis, they were hurt. They were depleted. Suns attacked them and took care of business. I can't say that over and over again as much as I've already have. And I think, too, right now with the Portland Trailblazers playing so good, we'll talk about them later because we play them next. These games do matter more, of course. And if they were to split, it would suck because Portland would have that other half a game over us. So to keep pace with them, we needed this game. And they knew they knew that. Maybe there's a player here or there. Maybe Aiden didn't give it his all the whole game. Maybe something like that. But the rest of the team was amazing tonight, dude. They... Uh, those three pointers just they couldn't miss and they're a team like that they can get hot and they can make them otherwise they find other ways to score now so when the three's going in they're consistent with just jacking them up yeah and it's it's scary when you start to see that sometimes because you know that that's a great way to allow the opposition back into the game is continue shooting the threes but i think that the suns have become one a better three-point shooting team over the last two games because that's just obvious you know they've hit 46 in two games that's just ridiculous But two, I think that if they miss a couple of those threes, they start to drive again. You don't see constant barrages of three-point shooting like you have in the past when they're missing them. When they're making them, yeah, they're going to keep shooting them. But if they're missing them, this team has become cerebral enough to understand, hey, we've missed two or three in a row. If they give up points on the other side, then they need to go down and, and do a high percentage shot. And you notice that, especially in the first half, in the way that they were playing. They had the ability to make the three ball. They ended up having, uh, at halftime, 10, uh, or I'm sorry, 13 total made threes. But they also had 10 makes at the free throw line. So when those makes weren't going in, Mikhail Bridges, uh, other players were, were driving to the hoop and trying to force the issue against a, let's face it, a, a depleted team. And and this is a game you have to win. When you play the Pelicans and you play the Grizzlies, these are two teams that aren't potentially going to be even in the playoff picture. They might be teams that grabs, uh, grab onto that ninth or 10th seed and try f- uh, for an opportunity to play into the playoffs. But these aren't technically playoff caliber teams and competition and you should beat them the way that you did tonight 31 points maybe not that much but you know that's because of the three ball but winning easily against a team like this makes sense you know and I, I gotta know Matthew as you look at this you know Grayson Allen was out uh Kyle Anderson was out both due to rest not injury should the Suns rest players with more frequency or was that just a bad move on the Memphis Grizzlies part all right they can but they're gonna get Bad feedback from EJ. He said it first first off this game. He's like, rest. What are these players doing? Like, this game is beautiful. You got to play every opportunity you have if you're not injured. It is true. You know who else probably thinks that same same exact way? It's Chris Paul. Chris Paul probably, he's the guy that would need the most rest going forward in the season. Maybe Devin Booker behind him. Jay Crowder, but he's a bench guy now, really. So he's not putting in those extra minutes running the offense like Chris Paul does. So Chris Paul himself would need the rest, but I doubt he's going to take it. I think he's only had maybe, what, two games so far this year to where he maybe rested, but he had like a back soreness, which is kind of like a rest. But he's not going to be that guy to be like, I need the night off because he knows how much this team needs him on the court to lead them and just to teach them the game, teach them how to win. He can't do it from sitting from the bench. So he has to be there on the court. And I think that's what he thinks that he has to be out there and that they need him. So he's not going to be the guy to tell coach, Hey, I'm going to sit this one out. It might be coach Monty's idea. It'll be like, Hey, you know what? Take this night off. If it's a back to back, but even this, this back to back, he played, I mean, he didn't really play in the fourth quarter. Of course, yeah, but how but how great is that? From the start. I know he it's, ends it's up awesome. getting the rest, and he gets it at the back of the game because he played. And and I want to talk about Chris Paul a little bit. He is somebody who passed Oscar Robinson on the all time assist leaderboard. Uh, he's yes. now six all time in assists. I think next up on the list is Magic Johnson. So I mean, even though two hundred and thirty eight of those assists have come in a Phoenix Suns uniform, it's it shows you the caliber of the individual who's leading your team. He could have taken a night off. Monty probably offered it to him. Like, listen, we're going against Memphis. They're not the greatest team. I'm looking at their starting lineup. They're resting some yeah. guys. You know, Chris, take a night off. We we need you for the long haul. 
And he's the kind of guy who's like, no, let me start this thing off right. Let's get this team going. Let's make sure that we secure this win. Because as you mentioned, especially with Portland, kind of it looks like that's a team that for a while at least we will be jockeying with in position for the fourth and fifth seed in the Western Conference. Every game is valuable. And I thought it's very ironic that the Suns came out and they were flat. They were 0-5 to start the game. And guess what? They end up having Chris Paul hit a, a jumper and then hits the three-pointer, scores the first five mm-hmm. points, and guess, and then the Phoenix Suns from there, they, they're off and running. Yeah, and then you also have Mikael Bridges, too, who we talk, or maybe I just talk about how he has to have the three really to go down. But before his the rest of his game kind of expands on the offensive end, he went two for two in the first half, which was great, but also just getting to the rim and that little floater he has, a little step back floater he has in the lane is beautiful. He got that going. So once you see that going in, I feel like it's a great game from him as well. But Chris Paul starts it off for the Suns. I think that obviously it's nice that they finished well in the first half, but starting off slow isn't too terrible, really. I, against Memphis team that's shorthanded. And I know you said earlier that they – they might be playing in the play-in, but when they're all healthy, this team is very, very scary. So maybe Absolutely. it's just psyche. Yeah, and the psyche, I think, for the Suns to get over the hump where even on Twitter, like every Suns fan saying this Memphis team has our number. For some reason, this year, last year, maybe even the last three years, we can't beat them. And maybe that's not what the, stat, what the stats are showing. No, but that's just, exactly it feels what the that stats way. are showing. And it, yeah, mean, and it, it feels that way, man. So the, just the last this win. Five games against this team, you know, there were four and one. The last 30 games, going back to when Steve Nash played for this team, the Suns are 21 and nine or nine and 21 against Memphis. They're a team that just kind of has our number. And especially since DA's come on, it had no, that doesn't really have anything to do with DeAndre Ayton because he's been yeah. out for some of those games. But the, they're a team that just doesn't match up well with us. I was actually on their SB Nation site earlier today. It's called like Grizzly Grizzly Blues or something. Uh, and they had interviewed Brightside's own Dave King and asked him five questions about the Suns in preparation for this game. And Dave brought up some really good points. The, the reason that the Grizzlies have owned the Suns of late is because they have a team that just is really a tough matchup for Phoenix. Dylan Brooks is a guy who not only physically can get into uh, Devin Booker's space, but he gets into his mental space as well, and he throws him off his game. It's some, it's a team that he doesn't necessarily perform well against. Uh, Jonas Valachunas is a guy who just takes up a lot of space and can push Da around. And when he has the assistance of Brandon Clark, it really allows him to open up his game. With Brandon Clark out and uh, uh, Grayson Allen, you know, from a shooting standpoint, and then obviously, uh, yeah, Triple J hasn't even played a. Uh, a snap, if you will, hasn't played one minute for the uh, for the Grizzlies this year. And then Dylan yeah. Brooks obviously being out. Those are valuable pieces to a team that is a pain in our ass. I mean, I remember I think last year we had a really big game. And if we had won it, it would have said a lot last. And we they, they blew us out of, of mm-hmm. the arena. So it's a team that definitely has pieces when healthy that can that can hurt you. And that's why, again, it's so important to play the way that you did in this game because those pieces were missing. And one thing that's kind of frustrating to me is they didn't allow Dylan Brooks to play, which is fine, because like I've said, he's one of my you know top five guys who annoy me. And I said last night on the pod that I would bring a clip of Dylan Brooks and why he annoys me. Uh, for those of you who are watching along in, on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter, I hope you enjoy this one. This is why he annoys me. This is him playing college uh, basketball for the University of Oregon. That is why I can't stand Dylan Brooks. That's beautiful, right? All-time worst <laughs> flops ever, and it got called. Yeah. And it's something he does against the Suns, and he does it very well against Devin Booker. Is he gets in his head, starts flopping, and when he drives against him, I mean, he puts Booker in foul trouble because he bobs his head every time he goes down the lane, and it gets Booker in foul trouble. Booker starts yelling at the refs. I mean, we we know the script. We've seen it over and over again. We didn't have to witness that tonight. No, we didn't. But honestly, this is a team, too, that's on the same timeline as the Suns. Your young players, JJJ, of course, was picked fourth in this draft behind DeAndre Ayton. So you want to see Ayton, you know, be ahead of him and on the timeline, sort of. John Morant, of course, another young guy. So for us to match them, it, it has to be done. And I think 
like we're just talking about Chris Paul not taking a night off. I think he just knows his team's going to get over that hump. So for him not to sit, for them to just really go in there, and I think they 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 played their game. They played defensively very well. I thought we might still have some issues against Memphis defensively on their end, defensively of Memphis mm-hmm. that is. But I it just they weren't really a factor. It never really took place, but. I could have saw it going either way this game. I mean, the Memphis was terrible from three. I think they started out like 0 and 10 to start the game 12. from three. 0 for 12. So that that is, it's miserable on their end when they're trying to jack those up to have a chance against the Suns. It's the only opportunity they have to really defeat the Suns is to get that three to go in and just it didn't work out for them. So it's too bad, but we really needed this win in Memphis more than I thought we did. Yeah, again, it just it carries that momentum into a matchup with Portland on Monday that we'll reference and, and break down here in a little bit. Um, yeah. how, how much do you think opposing teams hate Frank Kaminsky every time he hits a three? Like, we have an award here called the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. And Frank carried over his hot yeah. three-point three, uh, shooting ways into this game. Like, do you think their first thought is who the fuck is this guy? And the second thought is why the fuck is he making threes? Like he's seven feet. Shouldn't he be down on the block and he's hitting threes. What do you think about that? Well, I honestly think players know nowadays, if you're seven feet, you can make threes. That's one of the things is they're better taking threes than they are down on the post. Like a lot of these guys that are seven feet, they don't even know how to, to put it a little jump hook in. They don't know how to do that, but they know how to I shoot know. the three. So, I mean, it, it might not surprise them in that way. The name itself, Frank Kaminsky, they might just remember like, Hey, wasn't he cut? But no, the Suns are 8-0 with this bad boy in the starting lineup. So now you have him and the rest of the team, of course, going off from three. Maybe he fed off of them too because what I like from Frank this year, he's not shooting the three as much. So basically he is going to the rim, passing it. So these games where he two for five from three, that's great. It really is to see that. He, sh- he shot five of them, but the rest of the team was feeling it too. So that kind of runs into his game to where he's like, okay, I feel free to shoot these threes if everything's going down for everybody else. Maybe I'll have the same luck. And I, I feel like he did tonight for sure. Yeah. You know, only uh, what 19 minutes played. But to your point, I mean, he entered the game shooting 44.4% from deep this season. And yeah. it's kind of like, I think somebody put on Twitter, and, you know, I apologize as I'm not giving the correct credit for who asked this question, but somebody asked, you know, is Frank Kaminsky this year's Aaron Baines? And essentially, he is. Okay. He's a big guy who comes in and hits threes. The only difference is he's in the starting lineup. Uh, as Shamil Kasim says in the chat on YouTube, we should just start Frank and play him for five minutes because we're eight no with him starting. Like it doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. how long he's in there. Just just start him. I mean, the team plays better for some reason with him in there. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if Jay Crowder like just feels better after you know the first five minutes, you know, coming in and doing his thing. But you know, K- Kaminsky's got to be one of those guys who. If you're the opposing team, it just annoys the shit out of you. It's like, listen, this team's already so talented in the way that they can score with you know the, the mid-range game of both Devin Booker and Chris Paul and how Chris Paul, if he's wide open, just does not miss a three-pointer. Like I've never seen anything like it when it comes to CP3. Normally, when a guy's that wide open, I, I've, se- I've seen Booker miss that shot for the past you know five, six years, and CP3 knocks it down. So when you have Frank Kaminsky, the fifth scoring option out there stroking the three ball, it's just it, it's confidence building for this team. That I mean, that's how obviously you win games. It's like Kenneth Payne says in the chat. You know, when our three goes, uh, when our threes go in, we can't be beat. Yeah, when we score more points in the opposition, like we're gonna win every time. Yeah, a lot of these teams in the NBA though now. I mean, if they're getting the three to go down, it's pretty hard to beat really because a lot of the teams themselves don't play defense. I think the Suns kind of lost their way there a little bit just from playing defense. And I, I was gonna talk about Mikael Bridges. I don't know if you want to right now, but Let's he do it. De- defensively. He, uh, it's like another tier he's going to now where he's playing every night. He's playing against a guy's the, the team's best guy on the floor. Yeah. It's usually an all star. So he has to face that. So it's like another tier he's kind of moving himself up to. He's not. I'm not saying he's not a good defender. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying now he's kind of wedging his way in there to where he can kind of prove himself against the best in the NBA. Before it'd be like Mikhail just guards his guy. Last year it's just like guard the guy that you're supposed to guard at your position. We're not really looking to have you switch on anybody. Luca was maybe someone he did that in the past, but now I feel like he's kind of moving into that role where he's taking on everybody else. So he has to kind of learn from just his mistakes on the floor. I'm not saying he's doing a horrible job at all, but you can just see that some of these guys give him some fits. John Moran, of course, didn't have a really great game tonight. He had no one to help him. Yeah. So you just have to see that more and more from this team where defense was just something that ended up from last game, last night, from halfway through the third to this game, just carried over. 
but Mikel himself, I feel like it's just having a battle with himself to get like to put up good numbers on offensive end and then also play against the best guys on the other team. Yeah, it's not an easy task that you're asking of him either. And to see him continue to grow in that capacity in his third year is one of those things that gets you excited as a Suns fan. And you look at tonight, like you said, John Morant had no help. And when John Morant went to the bench, the Grizzlies really sucked. And and don't get like yeah. overall, you know, know that this team won by 30 one points for a numerous reasons. One of them is the fact that the Memphis Grizzlies shot five for 33 from downtown. I mean, that's 15%. And overall as a team, they shot 38.7. So you're going to sit there, you look at the box score. Okay. The Suns didn't give up a hundred points in another game. Uh, they held the opposition to 38% uh, from overall that they, they held them to 15% from the, the three point line. A lot of this was, the Memphis Grizzlies just weren't deep enough tonight and weren't that good. We'll get credit for yeah. defensively. Uh, don't get me wrong. When they went down in the lane, and we'll talk about Aiton here in a second, but when they went down the lane, like Aiton was ready for him, and, and he made it tough, and his shot deterrence was, uh, I want to say elite, but it was definitely above average tonight, the way that he played defensively. Uh, but because of their lack of offense, McHale didn't have to spend as much time necessarily on defense. John Morant is an amazing playmaker. He's a highlight dunker, and he's somebody who you have to game plan against when that team is healthy and they're humming. But when he has no one around him to play make two, Mikhail can start to bleed out a little bit, can start to focus yeah. on his his game. And you know he's very mature in the way that he's learning how to cut. And I know that that's something that always kind of gets him going. In the first half, he made a couple you know uh, runs to the rim, made a couple uh, easy layups that led to and ones. He did a he had a cutting play with Frank Kaminsky. And next thing you know, he's shooting the three ball and everything's starting to click for him. His confidence was built, ended with 19 points on six of seven shooting, including four or five from deep, uh, six rebounds, and you know, just all in all, a very solid all-around performance by Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, I mean, just his next step is just finishing around the rim, and he saw that tonight a few times, and he knows he can. It's just the confidence these guys are gonna have. And EJ says, like what a lot of us say, and you say too. As Cam Johnson and as Mikhail Bridges go, this team goes. Yes, sir. And that's exactly what really kind of happened tonight. I think Cam Johnson had a solid night, too, as well. He's really trying to find himself in other ways on the floor, whereas his three is kind of deflated. It's not as as sexy as it used to be. So he's just it goes in. Yeah, it goes in some. I know, but like he's just kind of a little bit more inconsistent as of late. What did he shoot today? Oh, for three? Cameron Johnson. Oh, oh I Cam was talking Johnson. about Cameron Johnson. I'm sorry. Bridges. I miss. I miss. Yeah, <laughs> no worries. Cam, Cam Johnson, 0 for like, 3. One for yeah, five, I was, you know, I feel like doing that well, but yeah, Mikhail, like, I mean, we always say, dude, he goes from his three, he wants to shoot that three, and he was set and ready. And they're finding him too on the offensive end just to push the ball, push it around, and just find him ready in his stance and ready to shoot because he's knocking him down now. I really wish Cam Johnson would become that lights out flamethrower that we want him to be because he has been inconsistent from deep. Uh, he is kind of lost a little bit on offense. He doesn't know if he wants to take it to the hoop or if he wants to shoot the three. And he's been effective kind of at times doing both, but he hasn't really kind of had that all around. You know, we need that 20 point Cameron Johnson game to really you know, re-energize. And here's the great thing is this is all happening while we're winning. So, I mean, he has that opportunity to learn from what he's going through, but you know, you look at his performance thus far in the season, he's 36.9% from deep, you know, whereas uh, last season, obviously in his rookie year, he was a 39% three point shooter. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. shooting more field goal attempts per game. He's shooting, you know, what 0.3 more uh, three pointers per game. But they're going in at a less rate. But he's still he's averaging two point more two points more a game than he did over last season. So there's still plenty of opportunity of growth for him. And again, you know he's a, he's a second year player, so I'm not expecting him to put it all together. It's when you hit that third year, like Mikhail is, that you really start to see the complete yep. game come around. And the great thing about Cam Johnson is we have the time to do that, and, and he's flexible within the confines of our contracts and everything that of that nature. So plenty of time for him to grow. Yeah, but also, Cam, maybe this is a blessing in disguise where his three's not going down because when he's shooting it, is it just me? It's like my form on the golf course trying to hit a chip shot. It's just always kind of a little off. He seems like he doesn't have the same form every time he's shooting it. His release, everything is just kind of different every time. I know he's catching it in different areas on the court, a little bit like of a different pressure every time from the defense, 
but it's just maybe it is a blessing for him just to actually figure other things out and take the ball to the rim, which will create. Then, of course, he's always really wide open from three, but maybe just more of a confident shot because I'm telling you, dude, that release is something it doesn't look right to me. I'm not complaining here. I'm just saying maybe this is fine that he's just not knocking down threes because he is going to be a better player than that, I think. Not going to be like an all-star, but someone that can really help a team like a glue guy like Mikel Bridges. You know what I mean? Not defensively, but offensively. Absolutely. And he is decent uh, defensively, too. I feel like he spent a little bit more time focusing on his defensive prowess this season, and that's probably part of the reason why you're not getting the consistency on offense. But that being said, you know, he still has a pure shooter's stroke, and he still looks good doing it. I do think that's interesting you said – you don't feel like he's has the same release every time, you know, it probably is because he's coming off screens and things of that nature, but that's something that I will definitely key into off over these next few games and, and see how that looks. Cause it's not something I personally have noticed. Uh, they're calling for it in the chat. It's the, that time of the podcast. Yeah, they ladies want and it. gentlemen, watch 2021. Our buddy DeAndre Ayton finishes the game three of seven from the field, seven total points, uh, six rebounds, two blocks. So not going to complain there. The majority of this he did in the first half, mind you, because yes. he only had to play 22 minutes. Uh, but again, what I noticed from DA is his defense was very, very good against a very, very bad team. That's what you want. He didn't let Valachunas go off and, and own him like he has in the past. I mean, Valachunas only ended with 10 points, and you know he had the 12 boards, four of those on the offensive end. But I really feel like D.A. held his own, and he got what I wanted from him tonight. I don't need 50 fucking points from D.A. every time he's out there, 30 slam dunks and 87 rebounds. I want a quality, contributing performance to a team that's winning. And guess what I got tonight? All of that. You did, but you also you got some tough love from the other Suns players, I think. Did you see that sequence of just yelling? Mostly it was DA's presence down low. It's like Booker was telling him, like, hey, you got to be in this spot. I'm double team. You got to go right there so I can throw you the ball. DA kind of fights it. I don't know whether or not it's really arguing or not. I mean, they're just playing ball out there. No, I it's, saw that, though. Yeah, and also, of course, the next possession on defense – he, him and Mikel were kind of going back and forth on switches. So there was a there was a time there where everything was just kind of out there in the open in the public of them yelling at each other. Kind of a frustration. But we, you know what follows it up? Two DeAndre Ayton slams coming right up after that. And then also you have this box out. I don't know if you remember it, but the box out he had against Valanchunas. Yes. On like following for the third. Yeah, he grabbed that dude. I got off my seat for that one. I was like, hell yeah, DA. Like, that is what we want, dude. And it takes that sometimes for them to call his shit out. I know you said it was a good good game, but they are so focused on getting him just to be 100% in every I game. And I and I love it. And then you saw Chris Paul, of course, teaching him on the sideline. DA's listening. Those are the things I'd love to see. But hopefully it kind of doesn't – it goes away to where DA just knows what to do and he's focused on every play because I think they just end up calling him out on it. Whether or not it's in, in front of the cameras, it's during live play, it doesn't matter because they need to to get him going. And it followed up from like one, some of the best possessions he's had in a while. I feel like especially just rebounding that ball because he threw himself into Valanchunas to get that ball. He put his body in on his, like, his whole heart and soul. I know that sounds cheesy, but he did a little bit. He – he put himself out there to get that rebound, and that was just a big rebound for me, man. I can't get over that one. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was excited when I saw that, too. I'm like, fuck yeah, DA. Like, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Awesome. Like, like, don't tentatively, tentatively go after the ball. Like, rip that shit down. Take it from yeah. the big guy, and then it you know, it let out, and they probably hit a three at the other end of the possession because that's how all the possessions, it felt like, ended uh, yeah. like tonight. But, no, I agree with you. You know, what was very interesting about this game is you could hear the squeaks of the floor. You could hear the players yelling at each other. And Booker was lighting him up like uh, a Hanukkah menorah tonight. I mean, when he wasn't in the right position, when Book got stuck going to the baseline on the left side, he, did, he needed D.A. to move away from the basket, not go towards it, because essentially when D.A. went towards it, the pass would be blocked by the rim. And that's what happened, and Memphis you know, poked it out of bounds. But Booker was yelling at him, be like, hey, man, move towards the free throw line. Like, help me get an open pass to you. So you see that you see the CP three coaching yeah. and you know, you hope that it sticks. I think, mean, you know, the, the problem is I feel like the only time DA really goes into aggressive DA mode is after he's been scolded a couple times. And at some point you got to find that motivation yourself and come out and, and use that energy and, and yeah. force the issue to other teams. It, it sometimes it takes a tongue lashing, whether it be from Booker CP three Monty, you know, sometimes it's that consistent, tongue lashing that makes him a better player.
But at the same time, like I just wish he had, you know, I was talking about it last night with Zion. Zion has that motor and that internal motivation to just like, I'm going to go through you. I don't care who you are. Where DA's like, eh, can I go around you, please? Yeah. <laughs> there was a power forward. I forget his name right now. We drafted and he just didn't have a motor, but he was freaking amazing. It was probably seven to eight years ago. Earl Clark Earl from Louisville. Clark. Earl Clark. And yep. the motor just held him back so much. He had the skill, the game, whatever. Yeah. Really quick, Chris. I don't. I'll shave my eyebrow. I'll do anything for you guys. I will slip my wrist for the jamsters. All right. I think I maybe don't, said that. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is the then this this becomes the J podcast because it's son's jam session. John and Matthew. I need yeah. Matthew. So don't go slitting your wrist. I uh, how much I care, dude. <laughs> yeah, we know you care. Uh, Chris J keeps saying in the in the chat. Matthew said he'd shave an eyebrow if the Suns won by thirty. Uh, I don't remember that. When I was drunk and saying DeAndre or Andre Drummond was a good um, good pickup for the Suns, something like that. I don't know what I would say. No, I, I think everyone just wants you to bring back the mustache, man. So it's back. It's, it's coming. It. It's like the chia, the chia pets. You ever have those? That's what I got going on. Right above my uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> let's see what the Jamsters are saying. We got a great group joining us. Reminder, as always, if you are watching, hit the thumbs up button. Go ahead and subscribe to the pod. We're hoping for a thousand someday. We want to be really cool, like the uh, like the sun's solar panel. Um, I see a little <laughs> bit. Of, I see a little bit of talk about Boogie Cousins in here. Uh, okay, yes. uh, you know, obviously, we'll still talk a little bit about this Grizzlies game, but. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Boogie Cousins is now a free agent. The Houston Rockets decided to part ways with him. Um, I, I was watching the Sun Solar Panel this morning, and they were talking about, you know, the, a need, where's their need for the Suns, things of that nature. You know, obviously the trade deadline is going to be coming up. So let me just ask you this, Matthew. Um, do you think the Suns need a piece? What do you think that piece is? And do you think Boogie Cousins could fill any any type of need for this team? Uh, Boogie Cousins, no, I don't think so. I think this team, the Rockets, they got off to a hot start after trading um, James Harden. Once he was gone, this team went on a winning streak. We're playing well. Now they're on a seven-game losing streak or eight-game losing streak. So they're finding ways to rebuild their team, which you knew they would have to. Um, DeMarcus Cousins, he's never been – has he ever been on a winning team, a winning culture, anything like that? So I, I – Every team is kicking him off. So there's a reason for it. I don't think you want to not saying he's a bad guy or anything like that. I'm just saying, why would you want to bring someone into the locker room like that who who might want to, you know, play a lot of minutes, show that he can still be the same old DeMarcus Cousins? I just I would not want that. Anything else on the market isn't too sexy, really. I know we talked about Andre Drummond, how I just thought he was a more secure center at the center position other than DeAndre Ayton because DeAndre Ayton like we're doing tonight is just yelling at him trying to tell him what to do on the court where Andre Drummond would probably just be you know of course the guy that knows what to do with the ball I mean he's nothing great on defense but he knows how to rebound stuff like that to where he knows his game so you have to worry about being so insecure about him as your center but nothing else really the only piece for me because I was watching the solar panel nothing really sounds so sexy I just think DeAndre Ayton's just the missing pieces if you can get him going He's the missing piece from this Suns team being a championship contender. So that's the only thing I'm looking forward to. I don't think. Do you think there's anybody out there though that you would want for to add to this Suns team right now? Um, I'll start with that, then I'll go into my boogie rant. Um, I really don't. I really think the Suns have an opportunity to stand fast because I really think that this team has been properly constructed for a deep playoff run. I really do. You know, obviously you look at the Lakers and you go, okay, at some point we need to beat the Lakers and you look at the jazz and you look at the Clippers and you go, okay, what is that next piece that we need to beat these, you know, the top tier teams in the Western conference. But I really think that this team is properly built. I can't see bringing somebody in here and as, as it's solving a mystery piece and all of a sudden, boom, you know, we're better than we are. I mean, we're really playing great basketball. We're 19 and 10 folks. Like we're playing really good basketball. We had a shaky start at the beginning of the season as Chris Paul was integrated into this team as he and Devin Booker were learning how to play alongside each other. And we still were 500 at that point. You know, since then we've gone, what that's 11 and two since in our last 13 games were 11 and two. It's like, what are we really looking for? Where do we have that? unbelievable need okay power forward you, you, you know is that a, a a deficiency yes and no i mean 
yeah, you probably could use some assistance at power forward, but what is your expectation of that, ex- uh, of that assistance that they're going to score 20 points a game? Well, now mm-hmm. Devin Booker scoring 20 points a game, you know, now that right now our power forward is our fifth option on offense. And at the end of the day, you're always going to have a fifth option on offense. Not everybody's a number one or two option on offense. And when they are, that's when you start to run into problems with egos and things of that nature. I think this team has a really good chemistry. I think they're unbelievably deep. I think they have a very strong veteran presence that knows whenever my number is called, I need to come and contribute. And you saw that again tonight. The second team came in and they kept the party going. I mean, th- this could be the game where we let a run happen, but the Suns, you know, they scored 32 points in that fourth quarter. There was no CP3. And there was no Devin Booker in that. I mean, this is a really deep team. Now we go into the Boogie Cousins conversation, and that's, of course, going to happen anytime anybody comes available. The first thing that comes to everybody's mind is, will they fit on the Suns? I'm going to tell you right now, Boogie Cousins, hell no. For everybody who's watching, I am posting right now a link to a YouTube video that you should watch. And it's something that per, that is talking about the relationship between Boogie Cousins and Chris Paul. They hate each other. Throughout their entire careers, you had Boogie Cousins in Sacramento, and you had Chris Paul when he moved over to the Clippers playing each other four times a year. And you go back and you watch the video, and they get in each other's skin. Chris Paul would annoy Boogie Cousins. Boogie Cousins is a guy who would get himself ejected in games uh, – at will because of his temper and Chris Paul knew and fed off of that. In fact, although not intentional, when Boogie Cousins tore his, uh, what was his ACL or his Achilles, whenever, when he was with the Pelicans, uh, his injury, when he was playing alongside Anthony Davis, he hurt himself. If you look at that play, the guy who shoved him uh, when he was in the air and made him fall awkwardly was Chris Paul. It would never work. You want you want to take a team that has fantastic chemistry and is gelling and is playing. You know, there's they're all about the the we, not the me, and then put Boogie Cousins in that mix. I mean, yeah, it makes absolutely no sense to me. And again, moving forward, I think that this is a team that is going to really continue to uh, mesh well and and play well. And you know, Yak Zona says in the chat, like we need a Dudley. We have a team full of Dudleys. We have Langston Galloway, Etwan Moore, Jay Crowder. These are veterans, uh, and especially in Jay Crowder, who are playoff tested and proven. I mean, this is really a, a, a strong, deep team. If you have one deficiency, it might be the backup uh, behind DeAndre Ayton. When we do play those big teams, you need bigger guys. So I would say the Damian Jones is the weakness. Uh, and that's where we were hoping Sticks would come in and probably alleviate some of that. Yeah. And he's having a great performance right now down in the G League. He's playing well with the Clippers team. Uh, so hopefully one day he can come up. But if we want to do something, it's got to be along the lines of a Damian Jones. And it's going to be somebody who's not going to be a flashy name. It's going to be somebody who's going to be just another veteran solid contributor. Yeah, exactly. And someone actually put in JJ Redick there. I mean, JJ makes 13 mil right now to look it up really quick because mm-hmm. it would be kind of fun to add a guy like that. But then you think about like we we're talking about tonight where the second unit comes in, you trust him so much. There's nothing that you're too worried about. Like even Cameron Payne, when he messes up, he's so hard on himself to where I feel like I trust him in the next play. You know, if he throws the ball over or if he turns the ball over, then he's like, God, like these minutes are precious for him. Like he doesn't want to lose them. And I think he plays hard enough to where he plays the backup point guard well. Maybe back up too, but JJ, I just feel like he makes too much money for to join the Suns. Of course, at 13 mil. But then also, I think the backup with DeAndre Ayton, Sarich has done, he's not a backup center, but Sarich and Kaminsky have done well because we have not talked about the backup position till right now, I feel like, mm-hmm. since Sarich has come back. So he's actually been kind of a big factor for the Suns underneath. So I think we're just fine because there's not a really a whole lot of insecurities except for Ayton. Just 50% Ayton we're getting right now. I would say he's a 50% mark right now, the way Aiden's playing. This is 50 to 60%, something like that, because if he can get to that 100%, I think we'll be A-OK, and this will be a championship team if he ever gets there. So that's the only thing I feel like we have to worry about the rest of the year. No, that's I mean, why we have Aiden Watch. Are we still in Aiden Watch right now? No, we're, we're talking about DeMarcus Cousins and trade targets. Oh, we're, we're way off. Watch, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I see, again, in the chat, everyone's talking about, <laughs> someone said Lauren Woods. Oh, man. U of A right there. Um, a lot of people are saying John. Co- yeah, Lauren Woods used to. He was a really big part of an old U of A team that oh, okay. I, I forget who else was on that team. A lot of people are saying John Collins. Uh, and we talked about this before, and I guess it's worth merit to bring up again. 
Um, it makes sense from a financial standpoint. He's making $4 million a year. It would be an easy trade to get him here. But again, I don't necessarily think we need, he's, he can play offense, but what does he bring to you on defense? What grit does he have? Is he somebody who, you know, takes those Frank Kaminsky minutes and, you know, and maybe that is the answer. I don't know. I personally don't think that John Collins is necessarily a good fit for a couple of different reasons that I've stated before. He's a guy who is about to become a restricted free agent. And then in a couple of years, an unrestricted free agent, he wants his numbers. He wants to have the ability to cash in on his first big contract. What that'll do is create a little bit of that me ball instead of we ball. And he'll probably make some bad decisions on offense. Now, granted, he could give you 20 a night, uh, but I just don't know how that would necessarily miss. You know, I, I keep saying we need John Collins. Do we? Are we losing? Are we, you know, desperately trying to figure out a way to get ourselves into, you know, playoff contention hell we're, we're marching ourselves toward a potential number three seed and we keep playing this way we could surprise some people and you know i mean the the jazz have six losses we only have 10 we're only four back of them so i really think that this team is is what it, it needs to be the depth is there the leadership is there the scoring is there the defense is there what do you need why can't we be satisfied why does everybody want what we can't have enjoy what we have well, that's just life. I mean, even after a team wins a championship, okay, what's the next move? Oh, here comes the draft. What are we going to do in the draft? But we don't need those 20 points. We don't really, because we have Sarge, Jake Crowder, Frank Kaminsky, who combine kind of like Moneyball in a way, maybe to put up what John Collins will bring you on the court. They're just doing it sporadically throughout the game with their minutes that they're having that they get in the game. So I think we have enough from them really to, because if one guy is not doing well, the other guy's doing great. We'll go through our stretch with Sarich. We'll go through the stretch with like the last two games with Crowder. And we just, there's no fuss. I, I feel like coming from me on the inside, there's nothing to where I'm just like, we have to get some, one of these guys right now. The only thing I, I'm not even going to say it again. <laughs> the only thing I'm worried about is Aiden. All right, I said it. There you go. There you go. You got it out of the way. And, you know, I see a lot, you know, we're, we're hemorrhaging points in the paint. And if that's the case, and I don't have the, you know, the exact uh, uh, statistics in front of me as far as how we are doing relative to the league uh, to opposition points in the paint. But I'll tell you this, John Collins, he ain't going to fix that. You know, he's not known as an, as an elite shot blocker. The reason John Collins is on the block is because the way the other members of that team are playing, uh, uh, I always forget the guy's name. Not Capella. Who's the other guy? Oh, it's um, jeez, I know who you're talking about. Sorry, though. sorry to put you on the spot. Okay, he's a he's a second year player, right? Second second year player. It's not Cam Reddish. Uh, DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter's playing really well for this team, and that's why John Collins has become an expendable player for the um for the for the, the Hawks. Hawks. So I mean, we're not going to get that that everything you know that we're, we're going to give up points in the NBA whether we like it or not. It's just going to happen, okay? You're going to give up points. Yeah. It's how okay. you it's how you give up points. And if we're losing some points in the paint, yes. Are we losing games because of points in the paint? No. We're 11 and 2 in our last 13. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of an issue before where everyone was getting to the paint, but it was just a lack of defensive presence on the perimeter and stuff like that you know what i mean everyone was asking for help i need help where's my help but you know the effort wasn't really there i think it's there now i think they shored up some things because we quickly didn't we we kind of stopped talking about it really you know what i mean the defensive mm -hmm. side of the ball so i think we're good though we're good right now of course if we lose the next game against portland we'll know what to even though they're they don't have their main guys i mean we'll talk about it soon but we just have to match these other teams in the west it's going to be very difficult that's why we need everyone to step up but luckily we don't have any injuries right now i shouldn't have said anything but yeah damn it why do you have to go and say that <laughs> uh just looking up real quick and i know this isn't points in the paint but it's just what i could find really quick if you look at total number of two point field goals attempted per game against the phoenix suns give up 53.2 per game which is like middle of the pack in the league if you look at the two point field goal percentage the phoenix suns are give up 52.3 percent and that is about 20th in the league. So, I mean, they're kind of middle in the pack on both of those statistics. So we're not getting murdered. We're just middle of the pack in those statistics of, of yeah. And, and, you know, I get it, you know, like Kenneth Payne says, like an athletic power forward would be nice, but would, we have Frank Kaminsky right now who has the ability to, 
orchestrate an aspect of this offense that makes you lethal on offense. And his backup is Jay Crowder, who is a defensive guy with leadership, who knows how to assist in shutting guys down who can hit the three and Cam Johnson, who can also hit the three. So, you know, again, I just, I, the grass isn't always necessarily greener on the other side. I don't know if we necessarily need to make a move. We're going to be talking about this for the next month because the, the trade deadlines, the March 25th or the 27th or somewhere along those lines, but we've, yeah, I guess it's the talking heads thing, but I, I just, I don't engage in a lot of it because I just don't think that the Suns necessarily need a piece. I absolutely love this team. I like, it's crazy how much I love this team. I think it's so well-constructed. Monty Williams has done such a good job with the money that that is allotted to this team, filling it with the proper veterans. Like every signing, remember at the beginning of the season when we went, every guy who was signed by the Suns, we went to their uh, fan base, found one of their beat writers and asked them about him. Tell us about Etwan Moore. Tell us about Langston Galloway. Tell us about Jay Crowder. Every one of them is like, damn it. We wanted to bring him back. He's the perfect guy <laughs> that you need on this team to make it successful. Now he's playing for you guys. That's literally what happened. We're like, this seems too good to be true. That's the way it seemed. It seemed like a bunch of BS, but it really wasn't because they're actually they're filling that they're fulfilling that the they're fulfilling that promise, you know, on those pods. But um, just really quick, watch out for the Bucks this year, dude. I mean, towards the trade deadline, they're not looking too good. True. And if Giannis wants out, it could happen. So. Oh, who knows? No. Oh, shit. You heard it here, here first go. on the Jam Session podcast. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and review. It would happen if if Doncic and the Mavs were good and they were better this year. I feel like, of course, it would happen in their, then their honor to have Giannis get traded to them or something. But, I mean, I don't know. Never mind. I'm just dreaming over here. That would be nice, though, to get Giannis. Jam star of the game. 31-point victory for the Phoenix Suns. 24 total made three-pointers. Matthew, who's your jam star of the game? Uh, Mikael Bridges. Okay. Okay. Why? Because he was really good tonight. That's a good reason. I'm going to give mine to Chris Paul because without Chris Paul, there would be no Mikael Bridges. (laughs) He passed Oscar Robinson, moving to six all-time in the, uh, the assist leaders for the NBA. He played a great game. I really, you know, again, whenever you need Chris Paul to hit a, a shot, he does. Six for nine in this game, six assists, only 22 minutes, earned 16 points. And whenever you need him to, he hits it. And you know what? The Jamsters are disagreeing. They're giving it to Campaign. I love it. Alex, Campaign. Chris J, Campaign. Kareem, Campaign. Code J J M campaign. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he give it to him. He's the one who put us over the top for the, the record. He hit the last three three-pointers for the Suns. Uh, the one that tied it, the one that set it, and then one extra just for, for good measure. So, uh, you know, we are getting some CP3 love there as well. Um, but overall, in, in a game in which the Suns had an opportunity and the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies were hobbled, they took advantage. And there's a lot of guys who could have earned this one. Um, I do like uh, what Jones in since 1980 says, uh, Memphis guy, C-Pain. He's from Memphis. He did it at home. He set the record. Campaign, I'll give it to you. You're the GM star of the game. Uh, Great pick, guys. Great pick. Great pick. Guess what? Time for Guess What? The segment where we guess what? Um, we talked about this. Who would have more assists in this game? Was it going to be the Grizzlies? Was it going to be the Phoenix Suns? Seen as the Grizzlies are the top assisting team in the NBA, uh, it ended up 19 assists for the Grizzlies, 35 for the Phoenix Suns. Of the 46 made field goals for Phoenix, 35 were assisted. Go Suns, baby. Yeah, it was beautiful, man. I mean, moving the ball, even when you're blowing a team out, you might see some ISO ball late in the game, but that wasn't the case. They kept moving the ball. Great job, Suns, there. Uh, over under Dylan Brooks foul baits 15, 14 and a <laughs> half. We got zero because he didn't play, but my assumption is he was on the bench and in the locker room, headbanging the whole time. So we both hit that right with the over. Yeah, we're doing good. <laughs> uh, we both. <laughs> said that the Suns would win this game. We were both correct. So that moves my record on the season to nine and five. And Matthew, copy that. You're 10 and four. 10 four mm-hmm. over. Beautiful. I'm Beautiful. a winner. Yay. Go Matthew. Way to predict <laughs> things correctly. 10 out of 14 times. Up next for the Suns, Portland on Monday 
at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. What are you looking for in this one, Matthew? Uh, I'm looking for the same kind of performance. An under underappreciated team kind of in Portland. They All of a sudden, they're 18-10. They're playing tonight, of course. Um, they're probably going to win. They're playing the Wizards. So, I mean, it's a battle. This is going to be a team we might play in the playoffs if we end up number four. They're number five, vice versa. So mm. we're going to be seeing a lot of them, I think, in the end of the season. And uh scary team, man. I mean, even with Nurkic out and CJ McCollum, it doesn't matter because – of course, we got a matchup with uh, Damian Lillard. So it's going to be funny because, like I was saying last time, I was like, is John Morant going to be covered by Mikael Bridges? He basically was this game. Mikael Bridges yeah. might be going against Lillard because that's their offensive threat, MVP caliber player right now. So I'm looking forward to that kind of matchup if if we get to see it. It's it's going to be fun. That's for sure. Obviously, this team yeah. without CJ McCollum, without uh, uh, Zach Collins, uh your your shift nikola yersif however you say his name um <laughs> no not Jokic. nikola Jokic. he's not on them so he, they're without him uh the portland trailblazers are without anthony davis because he doesn't play for their team at all um and they're also without zach levine because he plays for the bulls um but they are a team that's streaking right now you know they are playing the washington wizards i know it's a close game right now in the fourth uh, the score currently is 93 to 90 in favor of Portland. But if they win that game, that's seven in a row for them. You know, so while the Suns have been streaking and playing extremely well, Portland has been matching us stride for stride. And they're a team that a lot of teams thought or a lot of uh, national pundits thought prior to the season beginning was going to be kind of one of those ninja good teams. Uh, much akin to the Suns, both of the teams are living up to that billing. So it'll be a really fun game to watch on Monday. Obviously, Dame Lillard is one of the premier talents in this league. Uh, if you're a Suns fan, you should always appreciate him for what he did for Devin Booker last season, allowing him to have his first all-star game appearance. Uh, but he's a thorn in your side. I mean, the guy can score from fucking anywhere on the court. It's just a matter of trying to contain the pieces around him. Carmelo Anthony's had a little bit of a resurgence in his like 18th year in the league. So it's going to be a fun game to watch. It is at home. Uh, who has more points in this game? Dame Lillard or DeAndre Ayton plus Chris Paul? Oh, I think it's going to be Aiden and Paul. Think so? Yeah, I think so. I think Dame, it's hard because when we go against these superstars, we give up like 40 points sometimes. And but That's I think what they I'm can saying. That for sure. I think they can both get 45. Who do you got? Man, the great thing is we won't remember this come Monday. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll say Dame. Dame could throw one of those 50 burgers on you like it's nothing. As long as we get the win, I don't care. Have 60, Dame. I don't care. You know, you get the points, we get the, uh, we get the W. Uh, over or under Carmelo shot attempts, 12 and a half. Oh, dude, if it's more than 12 and a half, then we lost this game for sure. Cause that means he's just in that stupid groove. He gets in. Uh, I'm going to go under though. I'm going to say he has like eight to 10. Okay. I'll go against you and I'll say over. I'll, I'll, he Carmelo could just as easily put on one of those like four for 16 performances that he's been known to do time and time again. And he's been doing a little bit recently. You know, he had a great game of few, uh, I guess the Sixers last week where he had like 17 in the fourth quarter. And it was just really fun to watch. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who's not necessarily the biggest Carmelo fan in his career, but I've always respected his ability as a scorer. And when a guy like that gets going, it's just, it's fun to watch. It's just, it's automatic. It's, I mean, just like Dame, they're both kind of those flame throwing, uh, sons of bitches that are just can be really fun to watch. So I think that he's going to go over, Here's the big one, Matthew. Who wins, Suns or Blazers? Um, I'm gonna say Suns. And I think it's okay. gonna be an overtime game, and the Suns get their first overtime win this year. Okay, yeah, because they're 0 three so far. God, this is gonna be tough. This is gonna be tough. Thomas in the chat says Portland gonna be tough, and and I agree. Um, you know what? I gotta make up a game on you some way, some way, somehow. So uh, I'm gonna say the Blazers win this one, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope that I am not. <laughs> no overtime. Uh, everyone's saying the Suns as well. They should look at look at Grim Ripa with all those Suns emojis. That's just that darn right impressive. Suns baby from Blaze Megatron. Alex Delgado Suns. Brandon King Suns. Kenneth Payne Suns. Victor G Suns. I'm on an island over here. I'm I'm going to say that the Blazers beat get us. Your uh, get your pitchforks out, guys. Come on. <laughs> but it, it's as Code says, you know, Portland always scares me, and they do. You know, they're a team that really, uh, I mean, they just offensively, they're so good. And the Suns, don't get me wrong, they're in a really, they're in a great groove right now, but what's going to happen is the Suns are going to lose to them, and then I'm going to come on the podcast and be like, you know what the one reason we lost this game is? We don't have John Collins. We need John Collins. 
No, that could be the reason, though, right? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Potentially, it could. Um, What else do you want to talk about before we get out of here, Matthew? Anything personal I can lay off my chest? Yeah, just, you know, what's what's going on? What's what's happening in the life of you? Oh, man. Seen well, any good movies lately? Good movies, no, but you know what I am watching? If anybody in the Jamster Paradise over there knows, it is uh, Castlevania, a really good anime show on Netflix. Based off a of video game, I'm pretty sure. But really good show, dude. Really, really. A 10 Castlevania? Out of 10. Castlevania, yeah. It's good. It's play that video record. game yeah. years ago. Yeah, it's an old video game. So it's a good show. It's a really good show. I'm I'm almost done. So far, it says there's nudity on it. Like, it, you ever watch a Netflix show where it says nudity and there's no nudity until like the last episode? You have to wait that long just for the nudity. It's smart. It's genius because these people will watch. Not like me, because I wouldn't give it 10 out of 10 if I didn't see. Never mind. What are you watching now lately, John? <laughs> uh, it's back to Shit's Creek. It's time to rewatch that. It's just nonstop. Are you rewatching it? Yeah, I've seen the whole thing. I mean, it's just nonstop funny. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I've, I've been really big into documentaries, though, recently. I watched a documentary on the Bee Gees. Then I watched a documentary about D.B. Cooper. Do you know who D.B. Cooper is? No, I do not. Who's that? D.B. Cooper is a, is a guy in 1971 who hijacked a plane that was going from Seattle to Portland. It landed in Portland. He got $200,000. They put the plane back up on the air, let all the passengers off. Motherfucker jumps out the back of the plane with the money, never to be heard from again. Holy poop. Was that a Bermuda, like Bermuda Triangle thing or no? No, it's just, it's the only unsolved hijacking in the history of the United States. And okay. they go over who some of the different suspects are potentially. And then the FBI at the very end, like they're like, we're, it's unsolved. It's case closed. So yeah, Thomas Dana gets, you know, jumped out of a plane, plane with uh, cash. So watching those, I, uh, somebody today told me about a documentary on Hulu pertaining to bourbon and, and whiskey and things like that. And I don't know. I just, I'm in a documentary kind of mode. So it's like, I watched that and then I watched Shit's Creek to laugh my ass off. So okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the best. I, I have been watching some of the movies. I just, I forget, dude, I forget everything. So yeah, I don't know, but that sounds like fun. You're having a freaking hell of a time over there, huh? Well, I'll tell you, the if you want to watch something that's really, really funny, you should watch... division yeah someone just that's what else i've been watching wandavision very very good so i've been watching the uh the um most of the movies most of the superhero movies so because of that but that's good too okay i'll check that out wandavision is definitely uh on the on the list that's something i need to to watch so shout out to the jamsters for always giving us some great uh feedback uh, so, uh alex delgado is watching the rambo watch rambo love them movies yeah i hear you yeah. Good. The last one too was so good. It was. Oh it really was. When he redid that one in Rocky, I was like, "Way to go!" Yeah, those are awesome kick-ass movies. Any movie he has, The Expendables, those are hilarious. Those are one yes. of my favorite movies because they're just so stupid. <laughs> but they they know how to make fun of themselves. It's really well done. Yeah, it's great stuff. <laughs> I need to get. We need to get Saul Bookman on here sometime because he knows a lot about yeah. movies from the solar panel. He knows his movies, and it'd be fun to sit and do a movie podcast. Uh, that nobody will watch because <laughs> and we're not movie critics, but it'd be fun yeah. to do. Do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for this episode of the Suns Jam Session podcast. As per usual, to everybody who's deciding to take their Saturday night and not only spend it with the Phoenix Suns, but spend it with us here at the Jam Session. Cheers to you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it as always. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your pods. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. Please hit the thumbs up button. Please tell your buddies, tell your friends, send them on over. We have a good time here. Uh, you can follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, but just primarily Twitter. I'll probably just stop saying Instagram and TikTok because no one follows <laughs> us there. And uh, I don't even give a shit anymore. So follow us on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, and you can follow my buddy Matthew Lissy right over there. Uh, Matthew, um, Matthew One Eyebrow Lissy over there. Maybe we'll keep it up for debate going into the next pod. But yeah, if the Suns win by 40. Will you shave an eyebrow? No. Well, they're playing no I, I make money off of this face. You kidding me? <laughs> can you draw on a good eyebrow? I'll do it if you can draw, <laughs> draw me on some good eyebrows. Stephanie after. can. You'll be good. Yeah.
cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cheers, Jamsters. Uh, oh, yeah. Follow Matthew on Twitter. Where? all right uh cheers jamsters have a great night um this beer is empty and it's saturday night so i think it's time to go make one of those old madmen style old fashions so oh, you deserve it john beautiful baby and uh, everyone go home and love your family take care everybody